I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 9, verses 1 through 27. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? who serves as a soldier at his own expense, who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit, or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk. Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing in the crop. If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Do we not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But not of my own will, I am still entrusted with the stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control to all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And that is the word of God. Thank you. Well, uh, we, uh, by the way, I know what time it is. So don't worry about that. I will uh, preach fast if you listen fast. How about that? Uh, I know that it is 14 minutes until the lunch hour. Um, So I will be very much aware of that as I am uh, moving through this message. I'm going to sit down again today because uh, I don't think uh, my back can yet handle uh, twice standing up. So I'll do that again today. Um, 
have a question to open with this, uh, this morning, and the question is this. Uh, when can you tell if a church has gone too far in trying to reach people? When has a church done too much, risked too much, uh, to reach lost people? Is our methods sacred, or can methods change, can methods come and go, and only the message be sacred? What is the line that once you cross it, you've crossed it, and maybe a church has gone too far and compromised the message because the method was so out there. Paul, in this long passage, this chapter, opens up by defending himself as an apostle, and then he climaxes in verse 22 when he says, I have become all things to all people uh, that by all means I might save some. Uh, all things plus all people plus all means equals some. That's the title of the message today. He says, I have, I have become all things. So what we're going to look at, and we'll do it quickly, is what does all things mean? Who are all people? What are all means? And who are the some? What does all things mean? Paul opens by defending his apostleship. He's come under fire because he, interestingly enough, is taking no pay for his work as an apostle. And so for probably 9 to 12 verses, he defends apostleship. He says, I'm legit. I'm the real deal. Uh, in, in verse 1, he says, am I not free? Am I not apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Uh, even though you haven't been paying me, I, I'm a real apostle. And so for all of these verses, he's going to uh, kind of hammer down that in, in verses uh, 1 through 12. But in so doing, he reveals three metaphors to describe his duties and his work. And they're not the most appealing metaphors. He does that in verse 7. He says, who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? Or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Paul says, if you work among lost people to bring them to Christ and to grow them up in Christ, then you can be likened to a soldier. A soldier is willing to die for someone else. A soldier is willing to die for someone else. Or, he says, you could be likened to a farmer. Some of you farm in here. I grew up with us growing most of what we ate. And in farming, you plant and you water and you fertilize, and then you have a small window called harvest time. Harvest time is a relatively small window compared to all of the preparation that you give to farming. Uh, a soldier is willing to die for others. A farmer is willing to wait for the harvest. And then he says, a shepherd. Uh, we 
probably would not think sheep because he refers to milk, so maybe goats, and uh, probably not cattle, maybe goats. And when he says this, if you think about sheep or goats or uh, cattle, um, when the shepherd has been awake all night protecting them from the... um, the enemies of sheep or enemies of goats or enemies of cattle. In the morning when the, the, the cattle and the goats and the sheep are stirring about and the shepherd is giving them something to eat, uh, believe it or not, they don't thank him. Uh, they don't wake up in the morning and give a collective uh, applause uh, from the flock. Uh, Paul says, uh, I'm a shepherd. In addition, shepherds were low on the totem pole in Paul's day. So he says, I'm a soldier willing to die uh, for others. I am a farmer willing to wait for the harvest. And I'm a shepherd willing to do a thankless job. That's who I am. I'm all things, he says. These are the things I am. And all of these things involve sacrifice. As a matter of fact, in 15 and 16, he says, I would rather die. I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of the right of boasting. And he goes on to say in verse 16, for if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. What is Paul saying? Here's what he's saying. Uh, I don't preach because you pay me, because they didn't. Uh, I don't preach because I want to, though I do. I preach because I have to. God has called me, and I cannot do anything else. There is nothing else I can do but preach the gospel. Uh, As a matter of fact, if you skip back to 1 Corinthians 4, verses 9 through 13, uh, you would never put this on your LinkedIn account. All right, so people could see what a grand job you have. Listen, he says, For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all. Like men sentenced to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. But you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, we in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor working with our hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. Now, preaching and pastoring today has come into a professionalism of sort that Paul did not share. Scum of the world is not what you put at the top of your resume if you want to get a job, right? That's what Paul says we are. We have become all things. I experienced this last night. Uh, our family was invited. Wendy had to work. Trent and I trekked down to see, um, uh, to be with Harold Wilson and Harold's um, comrades from Vietnam joined him. 
his son-in-law four or five years ago began to reach out to these men, all who served in uh, one platoon, and over the years has gathered uh, many of them together. And when I pulled up last night, I had no idea that there would be 100, 125 people there and that there would be all of these men who served in this platoon. I stood there really on the outside looking in, feeling in no way I belonged in that group. Uh, Not at all worthy. As a matter of fact, looked at a couple other folks from here at the church and said, I just don't even feel worthy to be here and to sit among these men. They sat, they talked to one another, they reminisced, they do this now annually as they come together and... uh, and uh, talk with one another. As Trent and I were leaving, uh, I was talking to him about the Vietnam War, uh, War and how these men entered the service when uh, the year before I was born, the year I was born, and the year after, and, and how they were, they were not thanked when they came home. All of the political surroundings of the war meant these men laid down their lives, willing to die, but nobody said thank you. As a matter of fact, they were often ridiculed, often mocked because of the political part of the war. And Trent said, well, why? And I said to him, they didn't choose to go. They went because they had to. They had nothing to do with the political scene. They fought. The political scene happened in Washington. The war happened in Vietnam. They fought. That's what Paul is saying. I I like what I'm doing. I do it gladly. I I gladly lay down my life. But I don't do it because of that. I do it because I have a divine compulsion. I can do nothing else. It's all I can do. I have become all things to whom? All people. He mentions that in verse 19. The next few verses he's going to deal with, I'm the real deal, I'm legit, I'm an apostle, he'll defend that. We get to verse 19. For though I'm free from all, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. Paul, it's all about winning the lost. He says, to the Jews, I became as a Jew. What does he mean by that? Well, when Paul became a Christian, no longer did the ceremonial Jewish uh, customs matter. He didn't have to do them. But if you read the book of Acts, you'll discover how Paul had Timothy circumcised so that the Jews would accept him. That's becoming a Jew to the Jews. Timothy, who had no need of that, became circumcised so the message could be communicated to the Jews. To those under the law, still the Jews, but a different angle. Now he's not talking about the ceremonial observances. He's talking now about legal things. He says to those under the law, I kept some requirements I didn't even have to keep. Uh, These were not required of me legally, but I kept him anyway. The difference between Paul's behavior and that of his companions is not the behavior itself. He did some of the exact same things. His motives, though, were not to please God. His motives were to reach Jews. Then he says to those outside the law, he's talking about Gentiles, I laid aside my Jewish heritage is what he's saying. Paul, who was fully a Jew, didn't prance into Gentile land uh, announcing his Jewishness. He laid it aside. And to the weak, he says, I became weak. 
please hear me. Please hear me. Many of you are theologically astute. You know a lot. You've studied. You know you are learned. People are not impressed with your knowledge. Those who are lost without Christ are not impressed when you can spout off your theological grid. No, they are not. That old saying rings true. People do not care how much you know until they know what? How much you care. That's why we have a food pantry here and more than 100 families a month come in these doors to get food to eat because we want to show them how much we care. That's why a team is going to Ecuador. They want to show how much we care to orphans in Ecuador. That's why Richard and Beth are headed to Kentucky. That's why we're putting roofs on houses. The roof that is being done right now, single mom, disabled, two teenage children. On her disability, unable in the house she owns to put the roof on. And when she could not put the roof on, she completely lost the second bathroom in that house. You can push the walls and they will fall down. How happy is she to get shingles? Dave Keller, whose crew's been over there working the past couple days, Dave said, Jerry said to me last night, Jerry, she has come out numerous times just to look at shingles. Since when have you, many of you, wondered or worried about shingles on your house? All things to All people, single, disabled, mom, unable to roof her house. Somebody has stepped up and said, if you'll get a roof on this house, we'll we'll put the bathroom back in. And so now the bathroom and her son's closet, which is completely compromised, is on the way. Praise God. Amen? All things to all people. That's all people. All things to all people. Uh, Paul says, to the weak I became weak. He says, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, or wisdom. For I decided, this was a marked decision on Paul's part, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. My speech and my message were not implausible words words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul was weak with the weak. All things to all people. The Jews, those under the law, uh, the Gentiles outside the law, the weak, Paul became all things to all people. That by all means, what are these means? The word means in any and every way. Whatever it takes. If you're new to grace, you need to know we will try most anything unless it's morally or ethically or or biblically unsound. We'll try once. We will fail. We We have tried so many things here that have not worked. 
And I tell our staff, if you are not failing, we are not trying enough. If you're at a place where you want us to knock the ball out of the park every time, not going to happen here. We will fail. We will try different things. What did Paul do? Paul left the comforts of Jerusalem where he was trained, where he was protected, where he was secure, and he trekked up to Antioch there, kind of in the bend of the Mediterranean Sea. And there at Antioch, he prepped for three to ten years. We don't know exactly how long. And then he trekked out on three different missionary journeys. Read the book of Acts from Acts 13 and on. You'll read about those journeys, and when you'll do, you'll discover shipwrecked, snake bites, all kinds of stuff. It's a wild, crazy journey on which Paul embarked. Our daughter comes home from Ecuador on Tuesday. Hannah's been down there. We heard from her last Sunday night. Talk about all means. A week ago, she uh, went up with her crew up the Amazon River. They canoed up the Amazon River. They carried with them live chickens to kill and eat. All right, this is all means necessary, right, to reach lost people. Live chickens with them, they canoe up the Amazon River, take a six-hour hike to sleep in the jungle for a week. No bathrooms at all of any kind. Woods is what they use for a week, bathed in the river for a week. She has already eaten guinea pig brain, Eyes and tongue. Yeah, that's all means, isn't it? Why would she not turn that down? Guinea pig is, is high on the list in Ecuador. It's four times as valuable as chicken. If somebody puts that in front of you, you don't say no to that. Right? You eat it. That's all means, isn't it? It's why missionaries do what they do, and it's, it's why they take on uh, what they take on. They become everything they know to be to reach the people they want to reach. All means necessary. It's why we'll put roofs on nine houses this summer. We're going into six communities around this county, into West Marion, into East Marion, down here at Riverside. We are going to be here at Grace Park. Uh, we're going to be over at Spalding Woods this summer, and we'll sweat it out. All things to all people. All by all means. If kids, by the way, come to every one of our kids' clubs uh, around the county this summer, they will go through the entire Bible in the course of that rotation of kids' clubs in these communities. We'll provide a hot meal for them uh, every day they're with us. All things to all people so that by all means we will reach how many? We'll save some. All will not come to Christ, will they? Does it keep us from reaching the ones who will? No. No, we go and we rejoice, Jesus said in the parable with the what? The one. We rejoice with the one. And when the one comes to Christ, we jump up and down and high five and fist bump and celebrate because one who was lost is now found. Amen? 
We rejoice with the one who comes to faith in Christ. And when he or she steps into the waters of baptism as a church, we rejoice together because one has come out of darkness into the marvelous light and given his or her life to Christ. And in that we rejoice. We are pumped for the one who comes to Christ. Save some. How did Paul refer to them? In verse 1, he says, are you not my workmanship in the Lord? You see, the only reason I have a job is because you show up. I don't know if you realize that or not, but if you boycott it, I go find a job somewhere else. You are my workmanship in the Lord. And don't get any ideas. You are my workmanship in the Lord. My effectiveness depends on your either coming to Christ if you're lost in this room or walking with him and growing in him if you know him. Uh, That's how I gauge, am I doing my job? That's what Paul says. He also calls them, uh, you are the seal of my apostleship. You are the authentication of what I do. You say, I didn't realize I mattered that much. Oh, you have no clue how much you matter to me. When I watch you grow and watch you serve and watch you become men and women of God, I am so thrilled and and love seeing God at work in and through you. You are, you are the seal of my ministry. As I look at you, as I watch you, as I see you grow and forgive and, 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 and lay aside old habits and, and serve out of your comfort zone, I go, oh, Lord, that's why I do what I do. You are the seal of my apostleship. So in this service, do you know what I do every Sunday? I look to my left and I see our Hispanic friends who come here to worship. And when I see the Hispanics who come here to worship every Sunday, I remember last summer. You see, last summer what happened is we went to Riverside and we did one of these kids' clubs in Riverside all summer. And so I'm going to do them a favor, all right? You see, Sandra is standing Everybody look to the right. Wave, Sandra. All right. Sandra is right now translating for the Hispanics who are wearing an earpiece. So they're hearing what I'm saying in in Spanish. And every Sunday, someone does that while I preach. So I'm going to do them a favor. And uh, I wish Sandra could translate for you because I'm going to speak to them in Spanish. All right. So. Todos los domingos cuando yo veo a ustedes, yo pienso en este verano pasado, cuando fuimos a Riverside para trabajar. Y estábamos aquí y hemos tratado por muchos años uh, empezar un ministerio a los hispanos aquí. Y nada que hemos hecho nos ha servido aquí o no ha servido a los hispanos que viven aquí en, en Marion hasta este verano pasado. 
Estábamos allá, ustedes trajeron a sus hijos para venir allá por los um, campos, uh, los estudios, uh, los partidos, las cosas así. Y entonces, uh, octubre, tal vez septiembre, ustedes empezaron a venir aquí a nuestra iglesia. Y ustedes no saben cómo siento yo cuando todos los domingos les veo aquí celebrando Jesús con nosotros. All right. So I just said to them last summer, we went to Riverside to work. We have tried for years to reach Hispanics here to no avail. But last summer, week in and week out, we worked. They brought their kids and then... Probably September, October, we transitioned that ministry here to Grace. They begin to come. They go to a Spanish Bible study at 9.30 that Eric Abernathy leads. And then at 11, they come in here to worship. And every Sunday when I see them, I light up. They are the reason we do what we do. Amen, church? Absolutely. We are so thrilled to have you here. That's what Paul is saying. You, you are the sum. And we celebrate all of those who come to faith in Christ. Now, in the early service, I finished, and we have folks up here who go into Ecuador, but we've already done that. And I believe it or not, I have a bunch more in my sermon, and I don't have time to preach it. So here's the deal. Uh, I have two more sections. Um, one of them will be on my blog tomorrow morning and the next one on Tuesday morning. You'll get it then, okay? And you can go eat lunch. Here's what I want to challenge you with before we leave. About three weeks ago, we needed some dish network work done in our house. And so this guy shows up, and when he does, um, he's doing his stuff. And um, I just introduced myself wondering if he knew the Lord. Turns out he's unchurched. He and his wife and their two kids packed up everything in both their vehicles and moved from Florida to East Marion, uh, knowing no one here, no family. They have a first grader and they have a sixth grader. He, they're Hispanic. He's from Cuba, I think, uh, his wife, I think, is from the DR, and, uh, and so we talked. I invited him, I didn't invite, yeah, I invited him to church, and we talked a little bit, and I really felt it com- incomplete, and so um, he wondered if we had a softball league, and right now the rec is working on that, we may get up a team, and so I talked to him about that, and a few days later, I'll just text him and said, hey, uh, don't know yet about the softball league, that kind of deal. Friday, I called him because I thought his, his first grader should come to these camps. So I call him. We talk on the phone, and he said, hey, I drove by your church. It's huge. I said, yes, it's, it's big, but it's okay. And uh, he said, we are coming. We are coming to your church. And I told him about the, kid, the camps, and he said, I'm signing my kids up for every one. 
everyone. I, I want them to come and told them about the thing in East Marion in the daytime and all of that kind of thing. I say that to say, we commissioned this morning folks to go to Ecuador and to Costa Rica and these students to go into these communities. But your sum may be under your nose and you don't realize it. I really think it could be a neighbor, a son or a daughter, and you need to get out of your comfort zone, a coworker, an employee. And the easiest way to share the gospel is invite them to worship. That's the easiest way. That's a dead giveaway easy, and I promise I won't embarrass you, okay? So that's the easiest way. But beyond that, you could engage in a conversation because in the past three weeks, I just felt God leading me, and I sent a text to Mark, this is the guy who worked, and I said, in our house for dish, and I said, Mark, it would be the worst thing that I could ever do, not do for you, than to tell you more than anything, I want you to know Christ like I do. He knows where I stand. I don't do it to get more people here. I don't get paid commission, so we're all good on that. Uh, like I do it because in the course of his hour at our house, I envisioned a man with a wife and two kids knowing no one, not even Christ, and being alone in this county. We would never want that, would we, church? Never. That person could be your neighbor. They could work with you. think about that we're going to leave all chairs where they are but we need your help in getting all pens and paper up today baccalaureate will be in here at five o'clock today so we need that god bless you see you next week i guess have a great rest of your sunday